This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village at uh, on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Uh, Naz uh, is out uh, doing uh, some charity fundraising this morning. And Naz, if you're out there and listening, we wish you all the best. And, and in studio with me this morning, uh, helping me out, of course, is the host of the morning show here on Zoomer Radio, Neil Headley. Uh, welcome, Neil. Thank you for having me. I should say welcome back. And we're, 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 uh, we're it's becoming th- like a regular thing. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. We're, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. On our show this morning, we'll be talking to Butch Carter later on in the mid of the show. Uh, obviously, Canada basketball didn't get the result they wanted. And shortly after our first break, we'll be talking about Legends Row, uh, two new uh, Leaf Legends added yesterday, Salming and Sundin, and uh, we're going to be talking to Mike Walton. Mike, uh, certainly a uh, uh, Leaf Legend of his own from the 1960s and 70s, and a uh, good friend of Matt Sundin and teammate of uh, Dave Keon, who we'd want to talk about as well. So uh, the big news, of course, is the continued uh, uh, continued success of the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, the Bronx Bombers, uh, Blue Jays in uh, New York this weekend. Take it on the Bronx Bombers. The Bronx Bombers more like water pistols and the Blue Jays more like beasts. Uh, Neil, you're a big Blue Jays fan. Uh, give us your, uh, your assessment and your thoughts on uh, Blue Jays this week and certainly this weekend. Well, it was interesting. I mean, there was a certain level of mastery, I think, yesterday for the Blue Jays in that, uh, you know, anytime the New York Yankees were able to get anything going, it's almost as if the Blue Jays were like, OK, all right, settle down. Here's how you do it. Uh, you saw Yankees players, uh, particularly Carlos Beltran yesterday, who were just kind of watching balls go over the fence. That a half decent jump, like the 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 first Jose Bautista home run yesterday, Carlos Beltran could have caught that ball if he had jumped more than six inches in the air and and raised his glove up over his head. Now, to me, that signals one of two things. Either Beltran is nursing an injury uh, that bodes well for the Blue Jays today, and maybe he can't jump and raise his glove over his head. But there's no way that that Bautista home run should have gone over the wall if, for example, if Ben Revere's out there or Kevin Pillar's out there, uh, that ball's caught. Uh, but for some reason, Beltran didn't feel like making the effort. And that happened in a whole bunch of different plays where the Yankees were just kind of phoning it in yesterday. Not that the Blue Jays didn't deserve the wins. They completely did. Uh, then you got the Tulowitzki injury yesterday, which I think is far less gruesome and terrible than people think it is. But we'll talk about that later on. I, I just I don't think it's as big a deal as everybody's making it out to me. Not that the injury's not a big deal. But I don't think the impact on the team is going to be as big as let's, everybody let's says. Let's pursue that point, Neil, because we, uh, you know, uh, 
listeners uh, may not realize, but uh, we get to chat quite a bit before we go on the air. Okay. And, we, uh, and we, we did have a chat about uh, the Tulowitzki injury and the effect uh, on the Blue Jays. And, you know, uh, you made the point, and I thought it was a very, very good point, that uh, you've got other people who can step up. It, uh, and, the, and you're talking quality, quality people who can, who can fill in these roles. Uh, expound upon that a little bit. It used to be that the Blue Jays, if there was, and this is as recently as a couple of seasons ago, if somebody big in the lineup went down with an injury and they had to be pulled out of the game, you know, the, the, the Blue Jays were a half an inch from having to walk into the stands going, you, you in the seventh row, you got a glove, <laughs> you know. Um, but now all of a sudden, so you got Troy Tulowitzki, arguably the best shortstop in Major League Baseball, goes down with an injury. Okay, well, you can move uh, Goins over into his spot. But as far as middle infielders go, uh, Cliff Pennington, don't forget, was a number one draft pick. So all of a sudden you got to, and he showed yesterday exactly why the Blue Jays went and got him is because he was flashing the leather, he got a couple of key hits, got an incredibly important walk uh, late in the, I mean, he was doing everything. And so there were even people who weren't terribly well-informed people jumping on Twitter yesterday afternoon in the middle of the game saying, who needs Troy Tulowitzki? Well, wait a minute. Well, I wouldn't go that far. The yeah. Blue Jays need Troy Tulowitzki because when, as soon as Toronto went and got Troy Tulowitzki, he elevated everybody's game defensively. All of a sudden, everybody was bringing it for every single play on every single ball. And that's not going to go away. That's the nice thing. Tulowitzki, I think, raised the bar. And so if he's out a week, two weeks, I think they can maintain that same level of that same what they like to now call compete level even without him in the lineup. Now, if he's gone for much longer than a couple of weeks, different story. Now I'm getting concerned. Yeah. But Tulo hadn't found his bat yet. He was just starting just to get into the groove with his bat. So we're not going to miss his bat as much. What we're going to miss is the glove and the leadership on the field. But as long as he's not gone for long, I think he did enough work going into this that we'll be okay. Of course, that's the uh, passionate voice of Neil Headley you're listening to. Neil, of course, is the host of the morning show here on Zoomer Radio. Um, love your passion on the Blue Jays, uh, Neil. We've got more Blue Jays talk we're uh, going to fit into the show at some point. We've got a busy show. We've got Mike Walton waiting on the line, and we've got to go to break, and we'll be right back to talk about Legends Row. If you're listening to Zoomer Radio on FM, you found our test signal for CFZM FM 96.7 in downtown Toronto. How do we sound where you are? Are we coming in clear? Let us know. Send an email to newfm at zoomerradio.ca. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> Pound three six three six no pound three six three six no Come on baby pound three six three six Come on baby pound three six three six Let's go ring to it Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound three six three six with a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North deck systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Banks invest in mortgages for a reason. They're reliable, secure, and offer a dependable rate of return. It's bankable. So, if your bank does it, why not you? Find out how you can get a solid rate of return, like your bank, starting at 9% fixed interest per year. In writing. It's easy. Learn more at peterlantos.com. That's peterlantos, L-A-N-T-O-S dot com. You've worked hard for your money. Isn't it time your money worked hard for you? Visit peterlantos.com. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We've been trying to get Mike Walton on the line without success this morning. We will keep trying, but we've got a lot to talk about anyways. We've got the Blue Jays, and uh, we were talking about this earlier, uh, um, uh, Neil. Um, John Gibbons, the beginning of the season, um, we were somewhat concerned about uh, about uh, his ability to take this team to the promised land. And certainly uh, in the last couple of months, uh, and you made some comments, uh, you... Uh, you uh, owe the two victories yesterday to John Gibbons. You think he was a big part of those two victories yesterday and has been doing a, has been doing a really good job as manager since they've turned it around. I think what this city needs to do, and I think we need to do it with baseball, we, think we need to do it with our hockey team, we need to do it with our basketball team, we need to do it with all of our professional sports franchises, is as a city, we need to decide how important the coach is. 
uh, because this idea that, you know, if everything's going wrong, because you see it with the Blue Jays, if everything's going wrong, well, it's Gibby's fault. Oh, and it's Alex Anthopoulos's fault. And when things are going well, oh, well, a couple of monkeys with a bag of peanuts would be able to manage these guys. Okay, well, wait a minute. Which is it going to be? You can't have a scenario where if, if, uh, if things are, are going great, then Alex and Gibby, in the case of the Blue Jays, they don't get any credit. They deserve a huge pile of credit because one of the problems that this team has had is that it's been underachieving. And, you know, we saw the same scenario with the Toronto Maple Leafs and whether or not Phil Kessel was quote unquote coachable. Um, and, and so, I think we got to decide how important these guys are. For me, yesterday, in a doubleheader where the first game goes into extras, it's your arch rival, all of these sorts of things, regardless of how great the Jays have been playing, none of that is happening by accident. And you saw a number of scenarios yesterday where key moves had to get made. Uh, you know, we had to bring in the right players at the right time. We had to make the right pitching changes at the right time. Granted, Gibby made a couple of mistakes. He, he brought Aaron Sanchez back uh, for a couple extra, couple more batters than he should have. Uh, and there were a couple of little things like that yesterday. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I mostly will chalk up these wins to Gibby with the players that Alex went and got and granted a couple of absolutely brilliant plays by Cliff Pennington, who wouldn't even have been in the game had Tulo not got hurt. Marcus Stroman. Yeah. That was a huge gamble. Huge gamble sitting sitting Burley, uh, starting Stroman, especially after his last performance in, in uh, AAA ball, which wasn't he – got, he got smacked around a little bit. Well, it wasn't even AAA ball. I mean, was, those were double-A hitters. Double-A hitters. He got smacked around a little bit, and, they, and it, was, it was certainly – it was a gamble. Let's call a spade a spade that could have gone really, really sour on them. I mean – you, they bumped Burley to next Tuesday against Atlanta, and they, you know, r- rumor has it that you know they're filling his shoulder with cortisone or whatever, and he's got a sore shoulder, and yep. his and his fastball's not up to. I mean, not that he's had ever had a great fastball, but it's not even up to eighty-five miles an hour apparently, or whatever it's at. Huge gamble, but they came out smelling like roses yesterday. Well, and the thing with the whole burley Stroman situation as well, and nobody's talking about this because I I think people on some level still have their pitchforks out when it comes to John Gibbons. Don't forget that Burley doesn't pitch well at Yankee Stadium. He's terrible at Yankee Stadium. So I'm okay with whatever moves they've got to make to get Burley out of a starting role at Yankee Stadium. I'm fine with that. Uh, As for Stroman, you know, if you look at at the numbers on paper from yesterday's game, it was okay. You know, five innings, three earned runs, a couple of walks, a couple of strikeouts. Here's the thing, though. Um, That fifth inning, he took a – don't forget he took a no-hitter into the fifth inning. That's significant, especially for a guy facing the Yankees, facing the Yankees in a crucial series, facing the Yankees after after an ACL surgery uh, and being out for six months. His very first start back is under all those circumstances. Still took a no-hitter into the fifth, which also means he saw the top of the order twice. So I'm a fan. Now, here's the, the, the entire thing falls apart for Stroman yesterday when there's that ground ball up the middle that Cliff Pennington has to make a play on and slips on the wet grass. If Cliff Pennington doesn't slip on the wet grass, Brett Gardner doesn't come up with two runners on. If Brett Gardner doesn't come up with two runners on, then Stroman doesn't give up three runs. And maybe the no-hitter continues beyond the fifth inning. We, won't ne- we, we would never know how long that no-hitter would have gone anyway because at the end of the fifth inning, there was the 33-minute rain delay. Uh, interesting stats on uh, 
you know, the the the, the, the Blue Jay bats are. I I mean. <laughs> I can't recall where a team's been. I mean, I think they should Major League Baseball better order some some more baseballs because <laughs> I, I just you know I've never seen a team take the cover off the baseball well, like I'm, the Blue Jays have. And all kidding aside, uh, um, I, mean, I was looking at some stats this morning about you know Bautista's Jose uh, Bautista's been a critic um, in the past that the team failed to do things. At the trade deadline, yep, he always wanted Anthopolis to upgrade the team, and he, he sort of showed his displeasure in recent years about the failure to make moves. So this year, you know, he's got nothing to complain about, nothing. but he's raised his game since well, August the first. Apparently, fourteen home runs, his ribby totals are up. Is 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 um, his batting average is up close to four hundred since August the first. This guy's been a machine. Well, and that goes and, back and, to and, and well, Donaldson. I mean, we're like, I mean, you you got to pitch against these guys. You you got to be a little bit nervous. Yeah, there's no there's no weak spot in the lineup anymore. If Ryan Goins is hitting 400 in a month, uh, that's a sign that everything is is firing on all cylinders. Uh, and you know, from the times I've sat in this chair before, uh, every time I come on this show, and it's always been my pet question for Butch Carter when we get him on too, is I always say, Butch, I, I think it just all comes down to coaching. And coaching is coaching is coaching no matter what sport it is. And I always go back to Butch Carter and I always say to him, what would it take from a coach's perspective to turn Ryan Goins into a hitter? Whatever that thing is, Apparently, the Blue Jays have figured it out. And I don't know. And this is one of the stories that gets almost no play in the Toronto sports media. And I'm, I'm wishing somebody, and maybe you and, and Naz are the guys, well, you, how yeah. many of these questions, how much of this is because of Brooke Jacoby? Brooke Jacoby, you almost never hear his name get mentioned, but they bring in Brooke Jacoby as the hitting coach, and suddenly this is the biggest offense in Major League Baseball. How come, if we're going to talk about it's always Gibby's fault or Alex's fault or they get the credit, we should be having a parade for Brooke Jacoby in this town, I would be thinking. Sounds, by like, now. Uh, sounds like a perfect future guest for the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We've got to get him on and talk to him about it. You Certainly... Certainly, those bats have a little bit of uh, a little bit of magic in them, and have had for a while. I mean, they went out in California and absolutely obliterated the uh, the uh, California Angels or whatever they're called nowadays, LA Angels <laughs> or Anaheim Angels, whatever they're called. Name I, of the I, week. I can't keep these names straight anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you know, look at the pummeling. They they you know, they, I mean, they don't just beat teams; they pummel them. Yeah. It, it's and I I it's been a long time since I've seen a team really really hit the ball like these guys and uh you know we're we're into the stretch we've got a four and a half game lead now you know if they come out of they come out of this uh, today with another win i don't know if it's time for the fat lady to sing but we're getting pretty close um you know i, I are the are the jays going to set their sights on the kc royals is oh. that is that worth uh is that worth uh tiring out some arms between now and the end of the season uh see if we can Take it, we're getting within we're getting within shouting distance of the KC Royals. Yeah, we're a couple games behind the Kansas City Royals in terms of best record in the American League. Um, and and wouldn't that be a fun series to watch with all of the shenanigans that have happened between the Blue Jays and the Kansas City Royals this year? Wouldn't it be fun if everything that's happened so far this season has been to set the table for that series? Tell me some eyeballs aren't going to be glued to the TV for oh that. Oh my God! I mean, uh, 
if there's a buzz in Toronto now, wait till wait till wait till we get that series, Toronto yeah. and KC. It's memories of 1985. I was I'm, just going to say, I, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I still go for psychological counseling to recover <laughs> from uh, recover from that hit uh, back down at Exhibition Stadium that cost us Game Seven. I thought we were 30 years of history between those two. Oh teams. my God, uh, that's that, a fun that story. Toronto KC memories of uh, George Brett and uh, Charlie Lee Brandt and. And some of those guys. That's Look at certain. how many of these guys weren't even alive when that rivalry. You know, I mean, that's uh, so. It's got the making of you a know great what? story. It's it's really it's really a great story. It's uh, you and you mentioned it before before we came on the air. Uh, everybody in Toronto's talking about it. Uh, I was I was at an event la, uh, on Friday night where. You know, the people who haven't been talking baseball are interested again. It's certainly, you know, we we're this this city is starved for a winner. It really is. Yeah. And uh, you know, this you know to a certain extent almost came. I, I wouldn't say came out of nowhere. I mean, Alex made all those great moves at the trading deadline. I don't think anybody expected that we you know a month and a half later we'd be four and a half games in first place in the American League East. But what's funny about that is you go back a little bit and you talk about all the great deals he made at the trade deadline. Let's look at the offseason where all he did was bring in the best third baseman in the game. Oh, and the best catcher in the game. Those, you know, that was just a little bit of what he did in the offseason. So he picks up Donaldson and Martin. But everybody's so focused on look at the stuff he did at the trade deadline. And don't get me wrong, Tula's a great pickup. Uh, David Price is an unbelievable. Like all of these things that happened to the trade deadline, that's great. But all he did at the trade deadline was fill in a couple of blanks that he hadn't managed to already pull off. The guy's a magician. I don't know. Like I wish there was a general manager of the year award in Major League Baseball because he would be the guy. I can't see another team that did as much since the end of last season to grow as much as the Toronto Blue Jays have. The guy's pulled off. He's a magician. He's amazing. Really an incredible story. Anyways, we were hoping to have Mike Walton on to talk about Legends Row and Matt Sundin and Dave Keon. We haven't been able to connect with you. Mike, if you're out there, uh, give us a shout. Uh, We're going to go to break now, and uh, as soon as we come back from break, we'll be talking Canada basketball with Butch Carter. If you're listening to Zoomer Radio on FM, you found our test signal for CFZM FM 96.7 in downtown Toronto. How do we sound where you are? Are we coming in clear? Let us know. Send an email to newfm at zoomerradio.ca. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... Uh, someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North Deck Systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. 
the best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steels Paint, 4190 Steels Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. We have a simpler way to invest your money. We invest in mortgages, the same way your bank invests your money, secure and dependable. You get a solid rate of return starting at 9% fixed interest per year, in writing. No stock market roller coaster rides and no mutual fund nail biters. To learn how, visit PeterLantos.com. That's PeterLantos, L-A-N-T-O-S dot com. You've worked hard for your money. Isn't it time your money worked hard for you? Visit PeterLantos.com. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It's your host, Walter Rigobon. I'm in studio this morning uh, helping me out on the show, Neil Headley, host of the morning show here weekdays on Zoomer Radio. Thanks once again, Neil, for joining us and sharing your baseball passion. We're going to take a little bit of a different direction right now. Also, another uh, another uh, passionate subject, Canada basketball. And on the line with us this morning is, of course, former uh, former coach of the Toronto Raptors and been with us here on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour a few times, Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. How are you this morning? Good. Good morning, guys. How are you? Um, not too great, Butch. Uh, sort of uh, been portrayed as a devastating loss Friday night by Canada baseball. Uh, baseball. Basketball. <laughs> Uh, we're thinking baseball this morning. Uh, Canada basketball team didn't get the result that uh, we would have liked, nor th- nor what we had expected after what was uh, a fairly good run in the tournament. Butch, sum it all up for us. Uh, what happened? Well, any time you play uh, a close possession game, in other words, you know, you, someone's up one or two points, there may be a run where someone gets up five or six points. You're always in jeopardy of losing that game because the analytics of basketball, people always think it's the five 
players on one offense to five players on defense. But then you've got three zebras. The zebras are what I'm calling the officials. So in a low possession game, when an official makes a mistake, uh, a team is vulnerable. Um, and I think that's what happened. I thought Canada basketball, the team they put together with a very short period of time that those guys that practiced together did a great job. No, uh, they did not qualify for the Olympics in the automatic berth, which they wanted to do. But I think uh, every once in a while you have to bump your head to understand uh, how much better and how much more focused you have to be. Uh, and I also think that Canada basketball, that there's a world wealth of talent coming to that team uh, later. Uh, they're changing the rules so that the NBA players aren't going to be available for the qualifying tournaments which is going to hurt the United States, France, and Canada. But it is what it is. Okay, I, I get a hunch, Butch, and it's Neil, by the way, hi, uh, that you're being just a, a, a touch charitable because I'm looking at the second-half numbers for the game, and I'm seeing uh, Wiggins, and I'm seeing Stauskas mostly on the bench for the whole second half. Is there a chance, Butch, uh, that perhaps coaching had something to do with this? Well, the, the coach is ahead of the horse, Neil. And, yes, I, li- I like Jay Triano, and I'm hoping that Canada, things work out well for Canada basketball. But I have said for a long time, the reason that I want to do a Canadian basketball league is because Canada as a country is the largest one in the world that does not have a feeder system outside of the U.S. college system and the NBA, which do not play FIBA rules, to give them more players. I think that Jay and them are at a tremendous disadvantage. Uh, the EuroLeague, the South American professional leagues, provide their players back to their national team where they're playing FIBA rules all the time. And you go from playing with an NCAA basketball or a NBA basketball, and then you have to play with a basketball that's striped. You only play 40 minutes instead of 48 minutes. So the guys with the most experience should have an advantage. So Canada naturally does not. So it's come a long way. Um, Canada basketball and the people in power agreeing to help them. But when I look at what I've been researching the last uh, year and a half and all the stuff that goes along with it, there's a problem. There's a, a huge problem in funding Canada basketball compared to everyone else. Um, the reality of it is corporate Canada has not connected in the last 10 years with grassroots basketball in Canada. So Canada basketball, the fact that you've got to have Steve Nash become head of Canada basketball just to get people's attention uh, is pretty stressful. It's not like in the U.S. <clears throat> you have Jerry Colangelo, who's a former owner of a team. You don't have to have Magic Johnson or... Larry Bird, but you have to have a bigger commitment, and everybody wants it to all happen overnight. That's always the problem because of the love people are having for live sports. Um, I think they did a great job. They were not talented enough to win the game. That's the bottom line. That's why they lost. They were not talented enough to win the game and run the table, and that's what happens when you're underfunded and your guys don't have a chance to practice together or play under the rules. Butch, I want to pursue that uh, that uh, comment you just made. They weren't talented enough to win the game. Um, 
they they went through um, they went through a stretch in that tournament after the first game against Argentina where they they absolutely blew teams away uh, every single game, and then they get into a game with Venezuela and. You know, the rhythm of the game, for whatever reason, the game didn't go their way. But I question why you would say they weren't talented enough to win that game. Certainly they were talented enough to win the game. They didn't win the game. but They weren't, uh, they weren't talented enough. Why Why? Why point. would you say that, Butch? Because because uh, you've got Stavskis, Helsic, can't guard anybody. Right? To win games, you have to uh, defend your goal. People don't make shots. All right, so now you've got guys that can make shots, but they can't guard people. So when the talent is elevated, <clears throat> you know, there's a reason Stoskis didn't play in Sacramento last year. All right, there's Wait, a reason that Helps have scored 40 and 50 points in the D-League, but no one would dare call him up to the NBA. That's one guy out of 12, Butch. Well, they're two pretty important guys because they make shots, and, and, they, and they're on the team. And Wiggins, 10, 10 minutes in, in the last game? Uh, sorry, it's 10 minutes in the second half of the last game. Well, Wiggins' development, at my, in my opinion, has stalled. Wiggins plays with his back to the basket. He's too talented to play with his back to the basket. When you play with your back to the basket as a young player, you bring yourself down to the other talent levels. The issue at the end of the day is that there are decisions being made by the people surrounding Wiggins, which they believe that because he was a number one pick, that he is good enough. In my opinion, he has not grown over the last year in the areas that he needs to grow. And that showed up. Jay made decisions to play him less. That means other guys have to play. So if your best player is sitting on the bench, your other guys have to be pretty good. And defensively, they are they were not pretty good. So, you know, I, I still say you lose games because you're not talented enough. You say you could have a bad night, but there are teams that have talent that have bad nights and win games. Uh, Butch, in the media this morning, one of the things that Jay Triano is uh, is quoted as saying is is the dream has been deferred um, because this was not sort of the last kick at the can for Canada basketball, was it? This next, there's one, as I understand it, there's one more chance for them to get into the Olympics, but that is sort of like a Hail Mary tournament. How much harder is that Hail Mary tournament than the one that we just went through? Well, you got the same problem. If, you, if you're not talented defensively, let, let's, let, me, let me walk you back through so every, your listeners really understand. The United States took a team to Athens, Greece, with Larry Brown coaching, Stephon Marbury at one guard, Allen Iverson at another guard, and they absolutely got killed because they picked a team that was offensive-minded, and the whole concept coming out of Athens with Coangelo changed. They decided to have the absolute best players that they knew athletically be on USA Basketball so that they could defend the basketball three-quarters court. The next version of the world scene of USA Basketball, Kobe, LeBron, uh, were all there playing, guarding the offensive players at 75 feet. And they basically have gone undefeated since that decision was made. I think the issue with Canada Basketball is at some point, 
in their best interest, they have to decide to play further up the floor so that these teams with less talent don't get within 19 and 20 feet and able to make shots. Uh, we're talking, con- sorry, it's Butch. Base, it's a basic concept. You put more energy on the floor that can defend, you don't allow people to make field goals. If you put less people, less energy on the floor, you're going to allow these guys to run around and make shots. Um, we're talking, of course, to Butch Carter, former uh, former coach of the Toronto Raptors. I want to ask you, Butch. Uh, I mean, the game happened uh, on Friday night, so the you know the large media blast hasn't happened yet in terms of their performance from Friday night. Uh, and you've been, you know you obviously are uh, uh, an experienced coach, um, and I'm not a, I'm not a Jay Triano basher, and that's not the point of this. Uh, uh, I'm not here to bash Jay Triano, but you've been involved in. In games and big games like that, where your where your your players are misfiring, and as a coach in a game like that, what what would you have done possibly, or what could Jay have done maybe differently to turn that game in a different direction? Well, you get you get frustrated as a coach because every time you <laughs> you you go and pick another asset that hopes they're going to play better. But when your team is missing shots, it's really it's really hard to get things turned around. Also, the fatigue factor comes in. I think they played nine or ten games, and yeah, but the other team did as well. Yeah, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely correct. But the other teams, as a whole, have played in more qualifying tournaments. Look how many guys that Canada had that this was their first qualifying tournament. Um, so I think that's 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 really important. I want to go back and make sure I answered Neil's question about the next tournament. The next tournament, it's a crapshoot just like this one. Because you, the one thing the Canadian fans really should notify, notice is that the other teams play extremely emotional. Venezuela wins a game, the coach is running around like a crazy man. And he's enjoying it through the whole course because there's a label that's been put out there that Canada <clears throat> is going to has got an easy path because they've got all these pro players. So the higher you are on the marquee, the more bullets you get shot get shot at you. Mm-hmm. So Puerto Rico did not have their whole team and I can't imagine if Rick's going to have better players with the group he had, JJ Brer leading them that again they'll want to knock Canada off. So that five, I think it's a five-team tournament or sixteen, will be extremely excruciating again, and hopefully everyone from Canada is healthy to play, and they take an entirely different mindset. It's not about being on the team; it's actually getting the qualification. I, I, they, they have done an outstanding job so far. It has not been perfect. I know people are disappointed. I just want to on the on the. On this on this tournament that's coming up this summer, I, I, my understanding is about eighteen teams, and it's broken up into into three divisions of six, and they haven't chosen locations for them. And Toronto uh, is being is being talked about as a possible location, and certainly uh, certainly we hope that Toronto throws its name in the mix. That would certainly I would think help our Canadian team get them over the hump. So whatever they have to do to get. Uh, 
to get uh, to get them in uh, Toronto. Hopefully, we do that. I know Neil, you've got you had another question for Butch. Well, Butch, let me peek inside your head for a second because, and and you and I have talked about this before. It, that on some level, I think that regardless of what sport it is, coaching is coaching is coaching. So, do do you get to a point because we we talked about you know the game getting away from them and and um, things like that with Canada basketball. Do you ever get to a point when you're coaching? That you look at a game and you go, this is getting away from us, and you just start looking and at the clock and thinking, Let, let's just get to the end of the game because it even came up yesterday with this blue with the extra innings game, the Blue Jays against the Yankees. There were moments where I'm looking at Joe Girardi and I'm thinking, he's just he's just playing till the end of the game. He's not, he, he's flushed he's flushed this game already, and he just wants to get to the next one. Does that am I right? Does that happen to coaches, or am I am I at to out to lunch on this one. Well, yesterday I thought the same thing. That you, you, you absolutely have to because uh, Joe and them had a great start of the season and have been tremendous really this last month. And that now they've got guys injured. And so yesterday I thought he was just trying to steal one game, and uh, he almost stole the game, uh, but they couldn't get a guy around when it was five five. But yes, you, you get to that point, but. I'm not a coach that really wants to get to a one or two possession game. When I started out as a high school coach, I coached a public school, my, my alma mater, Middletown, Ohio, and our big games were against the Catholic League schools. And the Catholic League schools weren't as talented as us, but they were tremendous in the mental concept of a low possession game. And this was before shot clock in high school. So I did not want to be involved with them after my first season in any low possession game because they were going to make their free throws if you fouled them, and they were going to get the benefit of the doubt from the official. So I developed a style where we went three-quarter and full-court pressure, and I went to playing eight, nine, ten guys pressing on the basketball. Now, that's not possible in the NBA because uh, if you do that, you're going to devalue your valuable assets that an owner has paid a lot of money for. But I believe if you're more talented in a FIBA game, you need to get after them, because if you don't, you're going to be in games that are a lot closer. Canada should not have won the game yesterday. Yeah, Corey Joseph makes the shot, the runner off one leg. <clears throat> but they were very lucky to win that game, and... I just believe from what I learned early as a young coach that you get to the end of the game, uh, you want to make sure that the other team is in the penalty against you so you're shooting free throws. You want to make sure that if it's a three or four possession game in the last minute or two, you, you foul them and put them on the free throw line so that they can't make threes because threes kill you, kill you and there's always an opportunity they could miss one free throw. Anyways, we've been talking to Butch Carter uh, about uh, Canada basketball and also uh, about a league he's got in development. Butch, uh, we've run out of time. We really appreciate your comments. You've certainly explained uh, uh, where we may have gone wrong and uh, where the program needs to be upgraded. Uh, you've been a friend of the Nazanwali Sports Hour, and hopefully uh, we see you again in studio real soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Big thank you, and I do hope that they do get to play this next tournament in Canada. We're certainly looking forward to it. Butch, uh, have a fantastic week. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks. That was, of course, Butch Carter. Uh, some interesting comments. Uh, Butch, uh, it's, you know, he's. Uh, I think the the main point he was making is uh, Canadian basketball has gotten ta- has gotten more talented, 
but we're not talented enough yet to win when we don't bring our A game. Well, and also an interesting point in highlighting the differences between FIBA rules and the NBA and how apparently we're real good at putting together talent that will play well in the NCAA and the NBA, but FIBA is a whole different animal. Yeah, and, uh, and Butch has made the point uh, on, on our show quite a few times, and he's, he's, he's pretty uh, – Pretty ahead of the curve type of guy. When last year, when the Toronto Raptors were were taking the city by storm, he was already seeing the storm clouds. I remember talking to him. Uh, I think it was late January of last year. The you know the Raptors were, you know, at top of the division and uh, had a great record. And 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 uh, I remember sitting in studio. Butch Carter was in studio. He pulled out his whole sheet of analytic statistics, and he pointed out a couple of stats to me to us and said, "Watch out! Mm-hmm. Watch out!" The Raptors are 24th in defense. This is not going to end well. And uh, he called it. And you know what? In basketball, we tend to focus. We tend to focus on, on on the guys who make the great dunks or the fantastic three points. But it's the teams that play defense that win. That's one of the things that fascinated me. I I lived for a long time. You and I have talked about this. I lived for a long time in Connecticut. Uh, where, of course, college basketball is like a religion, both the men's game and the women's game. You, you, there are pockets of the state of Connecticut where women's college basketball is even more popular than the men's game. And so I ended up have, getting to watch a whole pile of both. I would watch the UConn men play. I would watch the UConn women play. And it's an entirely different kind of game. The women's game is very defensively oriented. It's more of a team sport than men's basketball is. You have, you know, every even the women's teams, they have a couple of standout players on the women. But there's no one player that you have to get the ball to and they will do everything else and put the team on their backs and carry them the way it is in the men's game and in the NBA. It's a whole different approach and on some levels, it's even more fun to watch for that reason than men's basketball because it's a team sport. It's not a whole bunch of individuals who happen to be wearing the same jersey. And so I wonder if with with something like we went through with Canada basketball, you know, I wonder if almost a more women's basketball-oriented approach might help. Got to play defense. Anyways, um, we're going to take a different tack right now. We're going to move over to a different sport. Uh, it's, uh, it's that time of the show. We're going to be talking to our golf guru, Sean Clement. But before we do, of course, we've been listening in studio with us. You just heard the voice of Neil Headley. Neil is, of course, the morning man here on uh, Zoomer Radio, um, weekday mornings from 6 to 11 a.m. So uh, wow. certainly listen to Neil in the morning. And I thank you so much for coming in, Neil. But uh, One piece your, of the happy game. One, one, piece. one piece of the happy game. How's your golf game, Neil? It's terrible. It's awful. It used to be, I, I, I used to be decent. You used to be decent. I used to be decent. So we, we've got just the guy. We've got just the guy on the line right now who may be able to turn it around for you. Of course, I'm talking about Sean Clement. Sean Clement, who can be found at WisdomInGolf.com, one of the world's great golf teachers. Twenty-five million hits on on YouTube and uh, got himself voted the number the ninth best golf teacher in the world by Swingman.Golf. Sean is, of course. Always a pleasure to have you back on the show. Good morning. How are you this morning? Morning, guys. Morning, Neil. Hey, how are you? Anyway, Sean, uh, I got Neil here, and he was complaining about his golf game. And uh, it's that time of year where you got to start thinking about how you're going to keep your game together during the wintertime. People, a lot of people put their clubs away at this time of year. You've got a totally different approach. It's not 
time to put your clubs away. It's time to get your game well-oiled over the wintertime. How can people improve their game over the wintertime in this northern climate? Absolutely. Well, you know, like, like a lot of sports, there's, there's a time to perform, there's a time to evaluate, and then there's, there's a time to polish, there's a time to retool. And our winters are actually the best time to do that. Uh, we've got a nice indoor facility at the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center at the Richmond Hill Golf Club where I have four indoor hitting bays. And my, my regular students come over the course of the winter. They pick an hour over the course of the week. It's, uh, we do it uh, between 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. And uh, you come for the same hour every week, and we, we polish your focus. We polish your technique. And then come springtime, we kick you out of there, and you go play the game of golf. So instead of playing golf swing in the summertime, when it's actually time to play the actual game, where you're just focusing on a target, and you're focusing on, 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 on the, the amount of strokes, the least amount of strokes possible to put that ball in the hole, as opposed to thinking about, well, what do I need to do with... Uh, with my technique to, 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 to better my game. And that's, it's very difficult to do in the heat of the season when, you know, you take a lesson one day and the, the following day you're on the golf course. Uh, it's, it's difficult to bring uh, the, 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 the stuff that you learn in your lesson to the golf course at that moment. But when you've polished it and you, and you know you're not playing the next day, you're not playing the next month, you're much more open to make those changes happen and then when you polish the focus with that feel, and then it comes springtime, you say, okay, I'm going that direction, and this is the feel I'm using. Well, gosh, uh, you know, op- open up the doors, and let's, let's put some outdoor uh, targets on that, and we're ready to go. And uh, that's where I found the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, impact with my students is, is with this winter program. Sean, I've, I've always been asked um, how, uh, you know, hitting balls into a net, um, that's like 15 feet in front of you, and you're a teacher and you're a skilled teacher. Um, yeah. How can you tell that people are actually hitting the ball properly or they're swinging properly? What, what, when somebody's hitting a ball into a net, you can't even see the result. What, what, do well, you, what, do you, what you tell me from your perspective, what do you see from a student hitting a ball into a net that's 10, 15 feet away? That is a super question. We get that often. Now, for most people, the ball flight is an actual distraction uh, because they're, they're, they're trying to make a, a, a specific, you know, get a specific result, and then they're all disappointed when they don't get that result. And so that we don't have to worry about ball flight, but we can hear the contact. We can feel the contact, and we do have targets behind our net. Uh, you know, everybody's joking about uh, on my YouTube videos, What's up with this keep out sign, Sean? So I have, uh, I have very memorable signs that I put in the back of my veil. There's a nice white veil there uh, that keep off, you know, keep out and uh, uh, keep off the grass and beware of dog and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so that, you know, you, you're, you have a very specific target that you're going to start the ball into. So when you're looking down at the ball, you, you, you see the keep out sign in your mind. You don't see the golf ball and you're getting ready to perform a very specific uh, uh, feel release into that direction so that you're conditioning your mind to deliver to targets. You're not uh, being careful about maybe missing the ball or, or not performing the, the, you know, trying to guide the ball towards, towards your target. You're just 
fully releasing into okay. that into that sign into that picture. Thanks, Sean. So, uh, le- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we also have a we also have a flight scope uh, Doppler radar unit, which is like a twelve thousand dollar piece of equipment that we can we can tell you know. With, so all of our students you know spend a few minutes on each time just to monitor their ball flight to see to make sure everything is is uh, is bathing in oil, right? I, ju- I just wanted to mention to our listeners that uh, your your winter program is coming up and. Uh, yep. Uh, you can be found at the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center at Bathurst and Highway 7, and uh, spaces are filling up rapidly. So if anybody wants to take that program, they should certainly uh, get a hold of you as soon as possible. Sean, uh, we'll be uh, talking to you in the next few weeks again about uh, getting ready for the winter season. We thank you so much for uh, joining us again on this Sunday uh, on this Sunday morning, and if people want to check you out, wisdomingolf.com. Sean, have a fantastic week. Thanks a lot, you guys. Same to you. Thanks so much. That, of course, was Sean Clement. And, uh, Neil, you need a tune-up in your golf game? <laughs> He's the guy. Anyways, Man, do I need it? Man, yeah. Oh, well, well, we'll see if we'll, we'll see if we can straighten you out for, uh, for next year. We want, to make sure, we want to make sure if I invite you to a scramble, you're actually, we actually use your ball every three or four holes. We'll, we'll see what we can do. I like do. your optimism. <laughs> Anyways, we've only got a few minutes left, and... Uh, uh, we weren't able to get a hold of Mike Walton, but there's a topic that's always that's been very important to me that I don't want to let it go, and just uh, very, very briefly discuss it. And that was uh, Legends Row down at the ACC. Of course, there were two really, really um, fine additions to Legends Row yesterday, Matt Sundin and Boreas Salming, and I certainly don't quibble with them, both class acts and both very deserving. But I tweeted yesterday, and, uh, and, it, and it drew up a firestorm. Uh, I, my tweets can be found at Naz Wally Show. And uh, this was my tweet yesterday, and uh, got a lot of, I got a lot of response to it. Salming and Sundin deserve their place on Legends Row, but without Dave Keon, it will be forever incomplete. Dave Keon, by most uh, seasoned observers of hockey in the Toronto area the last 56 years, unquestionably, the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. I'm going to say that again. The greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. Uh, we didn't have a chance to talk about that. Uh, I know Naz has some very strong opinions. Naz will be back next week, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. The, uh, it's, uh, the ACC without Dave Keon and his banner and without his bronze statute is forever incomplete. Well, any you, comments, Neil? I think it says a lot about, and I'll give, I'll, I'll throw this out. Uh, one of the most important words you used there was seasoned observers, because if you look at the great bulk of what the media was covering, the Toronto sports media, it was Matt Sundin, wasn't even Solming. Solming got sort of a cursory mention. Why? Because Solming played the game before a whole ton of the people that cover sports in this town before before they were even born. Anyways, I'm getting the 30-second timeout, and uh, it's a topic we are going to discuss. If you want to check out nazandwally.ca, I wrote a piece about Dave Keon and number 14 on our website. Check it out. Naz and I will talk about it next week. We've got a fantastic show lined up for you next week. We will have in studio Bill Simons. Bill Simons, Argos legend, most valuable player in the CFL, is being inducted into the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. And Pete Martin, uh, who also played for the 1971 Argos. They will be in studio. We'll be talking about those great Toronto Argo teams of the late 60s and early 1970s. Neil Headley, thanks so much for 
joining me this morning. It's been a real pleasure. I love your passion for the Blue Jays, and I love your passion for all things sports. Thanks, man. It was fun. Come back and join us soon. To all our listeners and Naz out there, uh, I want to see you back next week. And to all our listeners, once again, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.